Welcome to the thrilling final episode of our radio drama. Hello and welcome to episode 180 of the Rotten Reviews Podcast. Thank you everyone for showing up to another episode. I can't believe we're at episode 180. I, I feel like I say that every episode, but for me to keep working at this and not actually stop or give up or just be like, ah, you know what, I'll do the episode later and forget about it. I'm bad for that. I, I really am bad for that. So I've been kind of lacking on my artwork. That's why, you know, I've been streaming for a while now and that the fact that I've been streaming constantly on youtube every night for the last like two weeks now and not missing a beat it actually it's a lot of pressure but it also feels great at the same time because you're sticking with a routine and in my life i definitely need a routine i need something that's you know cut straight and just go for it and sometimes you know my mind gets ahead of me and i just i give up on things and or i just i put things off and then i just you know the next day, the next day, the next day. So the fact that we're at up so 180, I'm looking forward to 200. I'm looking forward to 250, 300. I'm looking forward to wherever this podcast is going to go. So I thank you everyone for showing up and listening to the podcast. All the new listeners, I've been seeing a hike in new listeners yet again, and I appreciate it very, very much. I just want to say thank you to everyone. Of course, before we get into today's episode, I just want to put a little bit of self-promoting out there, I guess, to begin with. Uh, if you guys don't make it to then, you know, I understand if you guys don't make it all the way to then. It's it's my it's my voice. I under, I understand. I get bored of it too. Um, but I'd appreciate if you guys check out all my social links down below. You can follow me on any account, X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it. Facebook, the Facebook fan page uh, for the art page. Um, the Instagram page being a main thing. We're gonna try posting more. I'm I'm getting it set up so I have more artwork ready ahead of time uh, i want to get more of these danny devito what if series pieces done and i actually want to branch off into another series i know crazy enough to think um but i want to try and get it so i have like five new sketches a week to post that way the the constant content is always still there but with that being said also feel free to check out the uh, tiktok channel at Design. but the main thing i want to promote before i went on that little bit of a tangent there uh make sure to check out the youtube channel uh links will be down below in the description as well but it's at Design, where you can check out the weekly gaming video that drops every single wednesday we have old episodes of the podcast going up we have various shorts going up and like i've been saying i've actually been streaming pretty much for two weeks straight from 8 p.m eastern time to you know 10 11 p.m eastern time uh playing gta just did a stream for ninja Turtle, um Shredder's revenge did a Fortnite stream so we're doing a little bit of more streams here and there we're going to break up the content a little bit more uh, i've been enjoy enjoying gta online a lot so hopefully you guys will enjoy the 
those videos because I enjoy playing that game a lot. And that's the thing with streaming. I want to actually do games that you guys enjoy, but that I also enjoy as well. So hopefully you guys will check that out. So if you guys could be so kind to go over and give that page, channel, whatever you want to call it, a like. Hit that subscribe button. Turn on the bell notifications. That way you get notified every time I post a new video. You know, check out some of the old videos. Check out some of my old gameplays. I got a bunch of old gameplays. We're going to have a bunch more retro gameplays going on as well. I'm definitely looking forward to those. Those should be a lot of fun. But enough about that. I know you guys are here to listen to me talk about a movie that I've never watched before. And at the point of this intro being created, I actually haven't watched it yet because that's just how I run the podcast. I like to do the intro and then watch the movie and then record the episode as pretty much the movie's happening or very shortly afterwards. That way it's always fresh in my mind. So for today's episode, we are watching from 1983, The Man with Two Brains, starring none other than Steve Martin. This movie has a 6.4 out of 10 on IMDb, 79% on Rotten Tomatoes, and 61% on TV Guide. 55% of Google users like this movie. The uh, quick synopsis for this one is a brain surgeon marries a femme fatale whose life he saved, causing his life to turn upside down. Things go even more awry. When he falls in love with a telepathic brain. It's a comedy romance sci-fi movie. Uh, like I already said, from 1983. It's, uh, it's also rated up for an hour and 33 minutes. If I sound a bit off or confused at this point in time, I'm trying a new recording setup. So hopefully everything looks good. And I got one computer off on the right side watching my mic um, stats or, I don't know, waves to make sure everything sounds good. And then I have another one set up with the movie and the recording aspect. So hopefully it all works out good uh, we'll, we'll see we'll see how it goes the f- first attempt so for this movie the director was carl rayner who you guys should probably know he's the man behind the jerk from 1979 he's also the writer for 158 episodes of the dick van dyke show from 1961 to 1966 he also was sal bloom in oceans 11 and oceans 13 which i'm not really a big fan of those shows but yeah they're all right we have three people credit for writing this movie one being carl rayner of course another one being steve martin and everyone should know what Steve Martin's from. Plane trains to help us. That's all that matters, right? Uh, he was also the writer for L.A. Story, which I didn't realize at all. I don't remember... I don't really remember LA story, so it's probably something I'm gonna have to revisit. Uh, it was also Pink Panther, of course. Uh, I don't know why I brought that one up. I'm not even a fan of that. He was also in Bowfinger. Uh, let's see here, what else was it? Um, I'm blanking. Of course, The Jerk. Uh, apparently, there's The Jerk too, which I didn't know anything about. It's from 1984. It's got a 2.7 rating, so <laughs> I'm sure that one wasn't that great at all. Yeah, then you got like Cheaper by the Dozen. You got Looney Tunes back in action. You have Nova Kane. Um, he's in, I think, a couple episodes or at least one episode of The Simpsons. He was in an episode that I did for the podcast, I think, last Christmas called Mixed Nuts. Uh, there's a bunch of movies that he's in, and I'm sure you guys know him from something here or there somewhere in between the final person credit for writing this is also george uh Geip, who passed away in 1986 um he's only known for also writing dead men don't wear plaid and the investigators tv series from 1984 and that sadly he doesn't have anything else credit to his name which is sad uh, i'm not sure how much he wrote of this but you know nonetheless and then the other uh, cast member that we're going to talk about because we talked about Steve Martin a little bit. We're going to talk about Kathleen Turner. Who Did you know she was in a TV show called The Doctors in 1978 to 1979 where she played Nola Dancy 
Holdridge for 243 episodes? I had no idea. I don't even know what that's about. I'm assuming it's about doctors, but you know, other than that, I don't know anything about it. But yeah, she's in a bunch of other episodes like uh, Nip Tuck. She's in an episode. She's in an episode of Law and Order. She's Constance from Monster House. Uh, she's in three episodes of Friends, Californication. Uh, she's in an episode of Family Guy. Just does a bunch of TV related roles. So the tagline for this movie is so funny you will laugh your head off. I'm sure they could have came up with a better tagline, but what do I know, I guess, all right? But with that being said, we're going to get ready to start the movie. So if you guys are new here, and I know some of you guys might be, I know that I'm probably going to get a few Steve Martin fans in here. I probably didn't mention one of his other movies that I should have, and they're going to say in the comments below, why didn't you mention, you know, this movie or that movie? Whatever. It is what it is. But if you're new here and you don't want to be spoiled on a movie that came out in 1983, feel free to pause this episode now and go find yourself a copy of it and go watch it and then come back to the podcast because we need you here i need you here well i don't know why i say we because it's, i'm a one-man show but <laughs> that's all there is to it um but yeah i appreciate if you guys stuck around but like i said if you don't want to be spoiled feel free to pause the episode now find a copy of it and then come back or just listen to me talk about it because i'll be breaking down the points from the start of the movie to the end of the movie and hitting all the points in between that catch my interest so i pretty much tell you what happens in the movie you just don't have that you know steve martin voice in your ear you have my stupid voice in your ear so hopefully you guys will stay around and with that being said i'm going to get right into the movie right now presents saturday night at the movies the television series which each week brings you the finest in recent motion pictures tonight he's a world famous brain surgeon the only time we doctors should accept death is when it's caused by our own incompetence and blade scalpel medicine bomb scissors who wants only one thing in a woman that cat out of here the perfect mind in the perfect body Martin's out of control in The Man with Two Brains. She's not drunk. She's dead. Dead. I better get her to a cemetery right away. Ten. Jumpy. Six weeks and you haven't made love to your wife yet? Into the mud, scum queen. Oh, you have no hair. today kissing your brain as far as i'm concerned you're the most complete woman i've ever known all my life i wanted women with great bodies i've had the top of her head off but that's as far as it went steve martin the man with two brains you'll laugh your cranium off yeah Rated R. Starts Friday, June 3rd. Check newspapers for local listing. Uh, we got that movie starting out with that classic Warner Bros. picture. I love that. You know, uh, memories think back to Looney Tunes and anything related to them. Uh, or the WB Kids. That was a big memory of mine as well. And then the movie starts out with one of those uh, energy balls. Like, if you put your hands on it, the electrodes come out to you but then we see the credits intro credits happening and it's like electricity boats coming through that ball and you know it's a carl rayner film steve martin and the man with two brains it's kind of like a very frankenstein-esque image to start off the movie and then we see steve martin just coming into the picture you know, he's got his whole medical gear on he's got his like headlamp on you got the music playing and then we hear cat meowing he's like hey get that cat out of here we need it out of here now and then we just cut to steve martin in the car and someone guy's like hey i really appreciate you let me uh you know watch 
watch us. You did that uh, brain surgery. And Martin's like, ah, well, you know, it would have been better if uh, they actually needed the brain, I guess. Would have been better, but, you know, it is what it is. Also, I'm horrible at this. Like, I'm probably going to mention Steve Martin by his actual name. But in the movie, he's playing Dr. Michael Hufferhuffer. Let's just not try and pronounce that. And the guy in the car, he's like, so were you interested in science as a kid, doctor? He's like, ah, not so much the science, but like the slime and the guts and the snakes and this and that. And the gooiness essentially is what I got into. And then we see this fancy guy sitting down for dinner with his wife. And they're sitting at the opposite end of the table because of how big the table is. And the guy's not really happy with the fish he's eating. And then she's like, ah, oh, yeah, that angelfish came right from that tank right behind you. Because there's a bunch of fish tanks all over the place. And then he gets all pissed off and gets like one of his uh, fireplace poker. He's like, ah, oh, I'm gonna get you, you hag. And then I don't know where like the old man and the girl are fighting. And then the cat like scares her or she almost steps on it. So then she gets pissed off and kicks the cat. The cat goes flying across the room, grabs his big fancy painting that's on the wall and just scratches it down. And then she runs out of the house and the old guy's like running away. And she's jumping on like the pillar. She's like, oh, I love it when you're all pissed off at me. It drives me crazy. And then he's like, well, you know what? I'm gonna get you out of my will. And she's like, fine, I'll just have to find an old man another old man to drive them crazy and then back in the car where c martin's talking to the guy that's in the car because apparently he's a writer he's like ah oh, you just you just went past the name but let's just put the brakes on the ha 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 and then the writer's like, you know, I know you're very tormented by the death of your wife. He's like, oh, it's okay. Some time has passed. I can talk about it now. And she goes, he goes to say her name. And he just breaks down the car, just punching the steering wheel. And then next thing you know, we cut back to the crazy lady. He's like, oh, I just, you know, looks like you're having a heart attack now and you're going to die. So I guess I'll just have to go find someone else now. And then we cut back to Dr. Michael Huffer in the car with the writer. He's like, ah, oh, she was everything to me. And then he puts a Barbie doll on the dash. And the writer's like, so is that her? He's like, uh, no, I just like the way her head moves and just makes me think that she's alive. And then the, the gold digger lady jumps out in front of the car and we see her go flying. And then uh, Huffer gets out of the car and sees the lady on the ground laying up. And he's like, oh, an angel. And then we see this little girl watching them. And he tells the little lady to go home and gives her a whole list of directions and orders as to which hospital to call and which room to get ready for the OR. And she's just like, uh, yeah, okay. But what's really funny, the little kid repeats everything exactly and then the little kid's like sounds like a subdermal hematoma and martin's character gets really upset he's like oh you think you know it all huh just go 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 call up the ambulance then we cut back to the hospital and martin's in full like medical gear and somehow he doesn't realize until he walks by the mirror that he's got giant white bunny ears on then we see martin's character getting called into the head office he's like so uh you want to see me and the head office guy's like you know i don't feel like you should be doing this because you know you shouldn't be operating on someone that you've injured yourself. And he's like, well, I've only trust one other doctor. And the head office guy's like, you know he's dead. And he's, yeah, he's 6,000 miles away. What do you want me to do about it? And then Martin's character walks into the medical room where we see her on the table. And we see the guy who plays Herbert West, Jeffrey Cohn's playing Dr. Jones. He's holding a razor in his hand. And uh, Martin's character's like, what are you doing? It's like, well, I was just, you know, it's Valentine's Day. And he's like, well, what is that? A heart? And he's like, well, yeah it's valentine's day so i figured i'd shave a heart in like the lower region by the looks of it and he's like you are not going to need to do any more shaving because we're operating on the brain we're not operating down there he's like, oh, yeah yeah about that it's definitely a fun surprise seeing jeffrey combs in this movie especially being like a preferred doctor who's shaving a heart in a lady's lower region by the looks of it because it's valentine's day uh ironic i guess and martin's character is like so i assume if it was christmas you'd want to hang ornaments on it wouldn't you and they just stand there looking like uh maybe i guess then 
then we see them in the operating room and we see Martin going to work operating on her brain and I'm not sure I would ever want someone like Steve Martin operating on any part of my body but maybe that's just personal preference and then out of nowhere Martin just loses focus because her boobs are just hanging out he's like uh uh can you can you cover up her boobs please I, I can't look at this right now and then out of nowhere that damn cat comes back again and then out of nowhere he's like yeah cranial screw top and we just see her hair spinning as if he's like screwing the top of her skull back onto her head and then she's waking up in bed and he's there watching the whole time just waiting for her and she's like what what happened oh you had a horrible accident and uh yeah and then we cut to see the rich guy being you know taken away on stretcher and then there's a dwarf if that's a technical term pushing another stretcher which we assume might be the cat or the dog uh, i guess good old 80s comedy humor right just so we're putting it out there i don't condone any animal violence so i don't want to hear any backlash about that either okay animals do not be need to be hurt and those who hurt animals should be hurt themselves just so we're clear and then we see martin back in his home he's going over the x-rays of the lady that just came in and he's like oh i would love to jump on those bones and then he talks to his wife's painting that's up on the wall but it looks like it's really poorly done just as a one artist is painted to another artist it's definitely not a very realistic painting by any means and then he's like going on he's like i will never tell her the poem that i share with you and as he's saying the poem to the painting he finishes the poem in the uh room where the lady is you know resting and then i don't know where she just grabs his pants and he's he's like oh all right and then a nurse walks in and she's just, he's like ah uh, good to see you nurse uh-huh <laughs> glad to see you're here can you get this hand off of my belt uh good grip strength though just so you know and then he brings her a book of poems and one of the poems is called pointy bird pointy pointy annoy bird something something it's stupid stupid it's just stupid comedy and then she starts going on about the pity party about how that guy that she was with and she should never went there and then she starts playing with the controls button on the medical bed and pushes him forward and then they start making out and then next thing we see him you know explaining to his wife's painting about what's going on and then the whole house starts to shake and we just hear a woman's voice saying no and then the painting just starts rotating on the wall like it's possessed but yeah he's just like i just need any kind of sign and i'll just keep looking for it as you know his hair is all messed up because it looked like a windstorm went through the house the walls cracked the paintings half sideways he's like i'll just keep looking for any kind of sign that says i shouldn't get married to her. and the next thing we know we see him in the medical room with her she's still bedridden but she's in a wedding gown now and they're getting married and then he's bringing her home he's like hey honey here's your new home the house of her her and then he carries her from the car to the front door and stands inside the door he's like i want this moment to last forever and then it's like the next day and the birds are chirping and he's still standing there holding her and they're both passed out and he's somehow still holding her while asleep and the uh the Mexican maid comes over. He's like, Senor, uh, you want some breakfast? We got plenty of pictures of you just standing here all night. He's like, ah, oh, yes, I'll go get cleaned up though first. And then, of course, you know, she's in a wheelchair still at the table. And she's like, oh, I sure wish I could get out of this wheelchair and start helping around the house. And Martin's like, ah, oh, you will soon enough. Then he goes to leave for work. And she's looking outside the patio door. And we see a shirtless, muscular gardener working away. And she gets all excited and gets right up out of the wheelchair. He goes right up to the patio door. And he's like, ah, oh, I forgot something. And then she looks over at him and just falls to the ground he's like oh you walk you're walking he's like yeah um who's that guy outside though with, with no shirt on and then she's like so ramon uh does he ever leave that guy alone like not come work with him like are they here like multiple days a week like i'm just curious what that guy's schedule is then we see dr huffer walking through the hospital and one of the uh, older doctors is like hey how's how's married life working out for you and he gets all pissed off about it. he's like i don't 
don't know why I'm so high strung. I don't know what I'm doing anymore. Then he walks over to one of the washing up sinks and starts to get ready to urinate it. He's like, oh, I don't even know what's going on anymore. Then we come back to Hoffer's house and we see the shirtless gardener guy just getting it on with uh, Dolores. And Roman walks in and he's like, uh, yeah, I don't think that's right. Then once Martin's character gets home and they're sitting down for dinner, uh, Dolores is like, so I had to fire him because he cut my breasts. And Martin's like, I haven't even done that yet. She, she's like, yeah, I know. I told him. Uh, he said he had to measure me for some stuff, so he had to he had to go. And then we see Martin's character breaking down on the side a little bit. And then Dolores goes over to him. And she's like, I just want to be everything that, the, you know, Rebecca was for you and do everything that she did for you. And he's like, so when can you start? She's like, how soon can you be home? And he's like, well, I got two brain operations to do. But I can do them really, really fast. It won't make a difference. Trust me. I'll be home quickly. Just, just, you know, just wait, please. And then we cut to see Martin doing two brain operations at the exact same time. And then there's like the, the glass room area where people can observe. And for whatever reason... It looks like the YMCA uh, crew members are all in there because there's like a native guy. There's like a, a, a cowboy and some other weird characters just watching. And then he gets done the brain surgeries really quickly, rips off his medical clothes, puts on his hat, and just leaves. And next thing you know, we see Dolores being like, oh, wow, you're so you're so early. He's like, ah, yeah, I am early. We, we good? We good to go now? We good to have happy time? And then we see them getting ready for a, a very intimate moment. And she's like, oh, this outfit, just so you know, is very tight. You might have to tear it off me. He's like, I, I like tearing stuff. I'm good at tearing stuff. Can I tear stuff now, please? And then, you know, she, they're getting intimate, getting kissy-kissy. And she's like, I can't wait till next Thursday. And he's like, today's Monday. She's like, well, you don't mind waiting, right? And then he gets up to walk away. And uh, his hat is stuck to his lap, and you can just assume why. And then he gets up against a window for one reason to look outside, and the glass breaks. He's like, oh, the uh, breeze feels very good right now. And then we see Michael back at work, and he's uh, having a meeting with the, like, the head doctor. He's like, so my staff says you're a little bit jumpy and a little bit tense and he's like me tense as he shuts the door slams it and then next thing you know we see him holding the doorknob with part of the broken door in his hand he's like i'm doing great and then he does a backflip off the wall and he starts breaking down how he's been married for six weeks and they haven't done anything yet and he's like she's had you know some traumatic brain surgery and you know she's in a lot of pain so it's understandable that we haven't done anything yet but she's very good in the finger sucking section and we find out the main doctor's name is brandon uh, dr brandon and he's having surgery this afternoon at three o'clock to have his fingers removed from his face because he somehow super glued them to his chin and he needs to have surgery to get them removed of course and that all goes together because then once his fingers are removed from his face he can do the surgeries for uh, dr hoffer and then him and dolores can go on a honeymoon to try and get the romantic stuff set up and going and then we see them going somewhere fancy getting a room in a hotel and um martin's character is like so can you put a disturb uh do not disturb sign on the, the phone and the door and he's calculating how long everything's going to take he's like so yeah can you put it on for about three hours i think three hours should be fine by the time we do all the fly touching and everything else and then we see them both in bed and he's like well that was the most fascinating greatest sexual encounter i've ever had in my life without even having sex actually to be honest with you and martin's character has to jump off of an elevator because he's going back to the lobby and the elevator stopped halfway and he's met by dr felix conrad played by earl bowen and he's like oh did you just jump off of that elevator aren't you afraid of the elevator killer you know they're taking someone from one floor to another floor and killing them he's like oh yes just like my friend years ago and then we have martin's character giving a speech to a bunch of other brain surgeons and he's talking to them all and he's like so what did they just say and the dr felix is like they're going bah, bah, bah. he's like well i'm just letting them know that you know the great minds of people can be kept alive in the bodies of dumb people 
And then Martin's like, so to make a transplant as possible, I've created the screw top transplant. That way you don't have to shave the head. You can just screw the top off. And it's uh, childproof, to be honest. You know, you got to push down and turn at the same time to open the brain. He screws off the top of the guy's head. He's like, voila, the brain. And a bunch, bunch of oranges pop out. And apparently this is the fourth case this month of someone getting their brain stolen. And then everyone in the lecture hall kind of breaks out and like starts going crazy. They're like, oh no, the brain's been stolen. The brain's been stolen. And one of the guys from the lecture hall meets up with Martin later on and kind of doubts him being like the most brilliant brain surgeon there is. And then Martin starts pulling out random pieces of newspaper being like, hey, read this one, read this one. I'll prove you're wrong. I'm the most brilliant brain surgeon there ever is. And then the guy's like, so my laboratory is set up in my home. So if you have some free time, I can take you home so you can go see it. He's like, when? I'll go see it. I'm, I'm excited to go see it. Let's go see it. And then as they're walking away, we just see a guy, black gloves on and a trench coat on. He's got a giant syringe in his hand shooting out some liquid and he walks into an elevator and this old lady gets in an elevator with him he's like oh i wasn't expecting to see you here and then she just faints and then we get to the guy's home he's like you know being in austria i figured a laboratory would be in a like castle not a condo somewhere and then they open up the condo door and it's a giant castle inside there's lizards all over the place some iguanas there's a moat with some gators in it that are definitely fake gators he's like so well how, how did this happen he's like hi my wife she decorated for us you know give her a few bucks here and there and throw pills and that's that's how she set it up and then they walk into a dark room and it lights up with all the, the jars with all the different brains inside and each one's a different liquid. He's like, oh, I've never seen so many brains in my life. It's like being a kid in a case where he takes the lid off and goes to reach in to grab a brain. He's like, don't touch it. They're alive. He's like, what do you mean? How are they alive? There's no wires connected. There's no zzz thing. How, how are they alive? That's when the other doctor, I might be Dr. Alfred Nessiter. I don't know. I didn't catch his name. But his idea is to be able to transfer someone's thoughts and brain without even needing to open the skull. So I'm not even sure how that would work. But then we find out he's also getting his brains from the morgue, apparently, because he's got a connection in there somewhere. And then we kind of find out Dr. Nessiter is kind of working with the elevator killer because the elevator killer is the one killing the people that makes him go to the morgue and he's like you know i'm not you know working with him but you know if it's happening and helping me out then everything's everything works out and then the sister and uh huffer start yelling at each other and then the sister's wife starts yelling at him and we don't see her at all she's just yelling from somewhere inside this castle somewhere and the sister's like ah oh, these walls they look like they're stone but they're just thin as paper mr huffer it's like ah oh, yeah that's typical condos and then the phone rings he's like oh, i gotta go uh elevator killers hit again gotta take this jar and go get that brain just uh i'll talk to you guys later though and just leaves uh huffer inside of his castle condo we see martin's character going back to the hotel and he's gotta jump off the elevator again because it's stuck in between the floor again and when he walks into the room there's some guy staring at his wife's butt cheeks and he's like uh what's what's going on and she's like don't interfere he's paying me fifty thousand dollars just to touch my behind and he's all pissed off he's like get out just get out get out now and martin's like so this is the kind of thing that's going to ruin our marriage she's like what because you don't want me to work you don't want me to make my own money and of course she starts laughing about because that's the whole point of things because she likes taking joy out tormenting people you know especially the male figure in her life of course and then as he's leaving the room he's like i declare a, a public divorce i therefore call our marriage null and void and leaves the room and then we see him showing up to 
uh, place for dinner. He's met by the butler. He's like, oh, so uh, what do you think for you and your wife? And he's like, my wife's not going to show up. He's like, oh, I hope she's not ill. And he's like, no, she's just a cheap, vulgar slut. And the butler's like, yeah, yeah, so I've heard, actually, to be honest with you. And we see him sitting in a big fancy chair. I'm assuming at Necessitor's uh, home condo because of the stone working behind. And he pulls out a Barbie out of his pocket. And he's talking to it as if it's his ex-wife or his dead wife, Rebecca. He's talking to the Barbie. He's like, so you remember our song? And then he starts singing the song to her. It's just a really silly song. And then we hear a woman's voice singing the song back to him as well. And he starts dancing around the room a bit. And he starts freaking out because he actually hears the woman's voice. And he picks up the Barbie and starts shaking and being like, is there a speaker here? What, what's going on here? I'm a little bit confused as to what's going on at this point in time. And he starts looking around the room, but he can't figure out where the voice is coming from. So he starts singing some more to try and find out where the voice is actually coming from. And then he's looking around the room and that's when one of the brains in the glass containers starts lighting up more. And he's like, uh. Uh, is that you? Is that you singing, Brain? And then the Brain's like, who are you? He's like, what's happening? He's like, I don't know. Is this a joke, though? I'm a little bit confused now. And then the female Brain uh, pronounces his name right. He's like, whoa, you're the first object to ever pronounce my last name right, to be honest. And then the Brain's like, so where am I? He's like, in the doctor's laboratory. He's like, uh, where? Wh- wh- what's going on? My, what's going on? I'm. It's so dark. He's like, uh, you're not all right. Uh, you're, you're, uh, you're just an object because um, you're a Brain brain in a jar she's like well how are we talking i must have lips in her throat or something he's like no no you're just you're just a jar and then she starts to cry he pulls out a kleenex he's like, i don't know how to do this at all to be honest then the sister shows up he's like ah oh, yes the butler said you were here and he's like ah oh, let me show you that experiment i was talking about and he's like no no actually i have something to show you actually and then he tells the brain to sing and then the brain starts to sing and he's like um what are you doing and then he goes into a room here, a toilet flush. He's like, ah, just one moment. And then the brain's like to Huffer, what happened? He's like, so I guess uh, nobody else can hear you but me. And I can talk to you because you can hear me. I don't know what's going on here, but we'll figure it out. And then he's like to the brain, you know what? I'll be back. Just stay here. He's like, well, where are you going to go anyways? And then he goes into a room with necessitor whatever the last name is and we find out there's a gorilla inside there he's like is that the doctor he's like well not really to be honest with you then we see her getting back to his room where he's met by a note hanging from the chandeliers and it reads my darling husband by the time you read this i will be dead my broken body will be lying several feet below and he runs up to the balcony area because he hears a scream he's looking down and he sees nothing and she's on the ledge he's like what about that scream he's, she's like i was just uh, practicing he's like you're just sick you just need a screw on your head a little bit better and you'll be well just screw on your head a little bit better tighter you'll be fine just trust me and then he starts walking the ledge to try and get closer to her and the ledge starts to break so he licks his palms and he can now spider-man against the wall to get closer to her somehow and he goes over grabs her tells her to hang on to him he's like i sure hope these are strong enough to get us back i don't know if they will be though then we can just assume that they got it on because then he's laying in bed she's passed out and he's holding his wedding ring he's like i never knew it could be like that so so professional of all things and then she turns over and just smashes him right in the face with her hand as she's rolling on her side then as he's laying in bed with her he just hears the voice of someone saying help and it's that voice of that brain of the other long ass weird name that i can't pronounce anyways then he sneaks out of bed and goes to dr necessor's condo where the butler opens up the door and he's like so is necessor in he's like no well uh can i wait for him then he's like oh yes you can and shuts the door in front of him and then he rings the doorbell again he's like i meant can i wait inside for him actually can i wait in the laboratory he's like uh, i'm afraid it's locked but you're welcome to wait the butler says that the door is locked of course and he's like yeah yeah take your time as you go get my drink and then uh 
Heifer is trying to open the big giant door, but it won't move at all. So he's then leaning up against it as he's looking up. And he falls right through the door. And then the butler shows up. He's like, oh, are you okay? He's like, yeah, I just fell through the door. And he's like, yeah, everything in this damn condo is made out of paper. He punches the wall and breaks the brick a little bit. And the butler's like, don't worry about the door. I'll just have it replaced in the morning. It's it's just cheap paper. It'll be fine. And then he's trying to find the, the lady he was talking to in the brain. And then he's like following the voice. And he goes through another door. And inside it's the gorilla in a red and yellow cage. And he's like, oh, no. She's like, what ha- What happened to me? He's like, oh, you're in the gorilla. He's like, I don't feel like a gorilla. And then next thing you know, the brain's actually in the jar behind them the whole damn time. And he's like, thank God, you're still just a brain. She's like, well, why did you think I was a gorilla? And he's like, well, that's what Dr. Necessitor has planned for you. And then we see her taking the brain to, you know, escape with it. And we see the butler carrying in one of the big doors again. And her just walks right through the door. And the butler's like, okay, guess I'm going to carry the rest of this door back to the garbage. He takes her back to his room. He's like, you're in my room now. And she's like, where in the room? Ah, uh, you're on a table overlooking the garden. She's like, ah, I can smell the flowers now. He moves a sock out of the way because she's actually in a closet the whole damn time and he's walking over to bed and he's getting ready to take his pants off we see the sunlight come through and she's like oh you getting up now because dolores is waking up in bed and he's like yep yep just getting up Uh, i've been sleeping all night uh definitely been sleeping and then we see them having breakfast and he's like you know i think i'm due for a sabbatical how long we stay here find like a cottage cabin somewhere set up a little little office little laboratory you know there's a lot of weird things happening around a lot of brain science you know maybe i'll set up a little office and we'll just stay a couple weeks you know and that butler waiter comes up he's like can i clean up your table he's like yeah yeah of course clean up the table and then uh dolores like yeah yeah actually i'm gonna stay in the room honestly and not help you look for a uh, new office to set up because now she's eyeing up the uh waiter guy butler whatever and then we see her meeting with like a realtor and he's getting ready to see this place and he's carrying a cat carrier and he's like oh look you got a little cute kitty cat and it's actually the brain inside there and he's wrapped around with a towel and the realtor's like oh look she's so cute so all wrapped up like that and he hits him with the the cat carrier he's like ah uh, yeah uh, look Let's go see the, the room, please. And then we see him speed back to the hotel room and starts packing all this up. And he's like, come on, we got to go. We got to go. We got stuff to do. Let's go. Let's go. And she's like just coming out of the shower by the looks of it. And he's speeding back to those plots. She's like, why are you driving so fast? You're not going to have like rats and stuff in this laboratory area. He's like, oh, no, no, no rats. Nothing like that. Just uh, bring in the dryer. Don't worry about it. Then we see Dolores waiting in bed for Michael to get out of his uh, office. And she's like, don't you want to make love? He's like, yeah, yeah. She starts to take off her nightgown. And he's like, no, no, I'll work around it. And then he gets on top of her and then rolls off. He's like, oh, yeah, it just keeps getting better and better. And then it's like the next morning, she's knocking on his office door. And she's like, are you going to be in there forever? He's like, oh, yeah, I mean, no, I'm just uh, I'm just doing some tests. Uh, you can go into town by yourself if you want. Next thing we see is Michael in a rowboat with his hat on, just, you know, having a nice, you know, Sunday afternoon with the brain sitting on a picnic basket with his son hat on he's like you know my whole entire life i've been looking for the woman with the perfect body and now i'm just admired by a brain in a jar and i'm just i'm in love he's like i don't know if this is crazy or not but like i bought you a pair of wax lips and i was gonna stick them on your jar is that crazy and the brain's like no no go ahead please please do it then later that afternoon uh dolores like so uh michael did you by chance take your rowboat out on the aisle the lake with your brain by chance he's like no no i didn't i didn't leave the house at all she's like ah it's kind of interesting do you think there's anyone else around here that will have rowboat and a brain in a jar i'm just i'm just curious what you think michael and then they start arguing because she's like oh now it's a women's brain huh and then uh phone rings and he picks it up and we find out that his aunt's dead and he's getting inheritance for a bunch of money he's like how do you find out about my inheritance you're only sticking around for the money she's like well duh why else would i be sticking around 
so that he storms off to go get his suitcase packed up and she takes the brain and puts it inside the oven and turns the oven on and then michael just hears the brain yelling for help he's like well, what's what's going on that takes michael a few seconds to figure out that the brain's in the oven so he pulls it out and he starts like hot potatoing it and puts it in the sink and starts you know trying to cool it down and then he starts getting pissed off at her. She's like, you lay a finger on me, I'm going to kill you. He's like, you killed me, I'm going to make sure you never work in this town again. And then he sacks her. And she's like, oh, my balls. I'm like, uh, what? He drags her outside and throws her out the porch into a mud puddle that's just conveniently outside. And then we see Michael sitting in the kitchen holding his brain. And she's like, who'd you call a scum queen? He's like, I just wish I could be with you forever. He's like, be with you forever. That's a good idea. Yes, yes, I'll do that. And then we see Michael back at Nessus's sisters uh condo thing he's like so i need you to build a body for brain number 22 he's so you're the one that stole the damn brain oh sorry correction actually necessitor is being asked by michael to remove his brain from michael's body and put it into a tank as well so it can be with the other brain and then the sister's like actually i was gonna put her mind in the body of a gorilla and michael's like i can't have sex with a gorilla and then we find out that brain number 22 is apparently the longest living brain that has outlived all the other brains so he's surprised that it's even still alive that it probably doesn't have much life left living in the jar and then we see michael at the morgue shopping for like a new body like he's looking for a new car and he's like ah nothing's actually you know sticking out for me he's like well they're dead what do you expect and then we see dolores at some shop buying a gun and then we see michael sitting in his car and we see some people going into like a party and he's like oh i wish you were dead as he's watching this pretty lady go into the thing and then next thing you know she gets hit by a car he's like oh she's dead and he runs over and he's like i'm a doctor it's okay i'll deal with her and then she starts coming back alive so he starts to choke her to try and kill her because he wants that body and they pull her off him and he's like oh sorry my bad uh i don't know what happened there and then we see michael going to the trunk of his car where we see the, the brain in the jar in the trunk and then he's also getting a syringe where he's putting like windex or window cleaner inside the syringe and now he's becoming his own version of the elevator killer and we see michael stopping outside of what might be like the the lady of the night district as he's going around filling up different ladies like seeing how their shoulders are and like checking them out he's like ah i find you and then he takes one back to the car and then we hear a horn honking he looks across the street and there's a blonde he's like wow you're beautiful he's like i can't wait to see the rest of you and she just opens up her jacket and all she has on is underwear and he's like oh yeah you're the red one <laughs> she starts talking and has the worst voice ever he's like you know what actually never mind <laughs> She's like, oh, did, did my voice react to the deal? I should know I should talk until the deal's done. I, my voice really makes people want to kill me. He's like, keep talking. He's talking. Let's go up to your room, though. Keep talking, though. And the whole time, Dolores is actually following in a taxi cab behind them. And they're like, the escort's in their room getting ready, like, for the night, getting a special attire. And he's got this syringe in his hand. He's like, oh, it's going to be murder. I can't do it. But he's like, oh, no, she's still going to be alive, though. What does a different brain? And look at that body. Yes, I got to kill her. And then he fights her. She's like, I can't inject you with window cleaner. He's like, I don't mind. What's it going to do? He's like, just kill your brain. He's like, well, you, we, we can still do it if you want. And then we see Dolores getting out of here. And she's like, oh, uh, fancy seeing you here. And we don't see who she's talking to. And then we see Michael going to the elevator. And we find Dolores is is passed out because she was just injected by the elevator killer and he's like merv griffin you're the killer how how are you killing he's like oh i just got so famous and popular you know i just can't go anywhere without being recognized so i just wanted to do something to change up my life and then we see michael dragging dolores's body passed out out of the hotel like she's passed out drunk he's like hi i'm never taking you anywhere ever again because you drink too much and he goes to the trunk of the car and the brain's like i'm very sleepy right now i don't think i have much time left and then we see uh michael speeding and he gets pulled all over he's like sorry officer i don't understand you and the officer's like oh could you 
you speak English? You can turn off the subtitles now. And then the officer pulls him out of the car. He's like, ah, you need to walk this white line. Martin just walks it really fast. And he's like, oh, hey, you need to walk it on your hands now. You need to walk it with one hand. And the officer's just giving him a bunch of stupid commands. And he passes them all. He's like, all right, you need to uh, juggle these now. And he says to juggle while singing, while tap dancing. He's like, god damn it, your drug test, drinking tests are really hard. And he lets him get back in the car. And the officer looks over. He's like, hey, wait, she's not drunk. She's dead. He's like, Martin's like, oh, God, I guess I better get her to the cemetery really quickly, huh? And we see Michael, uh, Martin's character, dragging Dolores' dead body back up to the condo where his sister lives. He uses her head as a ram to hit the doorbell, and the butler lets him in. He's like, yeah, you need to block that door. Don't let them in. And he blocks the door so the cops can't get in. And the head officer's like, oh, the door's blocked. You gotta go get a ram. So the officers go to the neighbor's place. He's like, can we borrow your ram? He's like, are you going to return it? He's like, yes. So they ram through the door using a giant piece of wood. And then we see them ram through the big main uh, office door. And they keep running and actually run right through the wall and end up in the pool outside. And then Michael yells for a doctor and says, he's like, ah, just relax. It's time for a drink. And he comes out drunk. He's like, you can't. We can't drink right now. She's th- The brain's dying. We gotta transfer the brain over now. And then uh, apparently the transfer machine's not working right and michael looks around he's like oh did you know your transfer machine takes quarters he's like oh yes i forgot i built it around a video game machine he's like oh, i got six quarters is that gonna be enough to transfer the brain the officers make it back into the building and they go back up to the necessary's main door and they kick it and he's like it's open so they're like ah oh, toss back the ram to the neighbors we don't need it anymore and then they rush in he's like uh, you're under arrest for murder and uh, martin's character is just like we're resurrecting the dead as he and then he grabs the transfer thing and starts getting electrocuted and then one of the officers shoots at him and he starts pinballing off of the various equipment around in Necessitor's apartment, condo, whatever you want to call it. And the explosion happens and we see Michael go flying out of the apartment condo and into the pool down below. Necessitor's walking around being like, huh, wonder how that happened. And then he looks down at Dolores' body and he's like, ah, it looks like the operation was a success, but the uh, doctor's dead in the pool below. And we see Michael waking up in a hospital bed and he's like, where am I? And then he's apparently back home now and the doctor's like, ah, your wife's waiting for you out in the lobby. The first thing uh, Michael's mouth is whose brain does she have and the doctor's like what do you mean he's like wait I don't want my wife to see me yet I want to be on my own two feet and kind of just slides his two feet out he's like alright I'm good now and then we see Michael s- slowly stumbling down the hallway to his new bride which is Dolores' body but she's all shy and nervous because she's a compulsive eater and it's been six weeks since you know he's been in the coma and then we see him finally home with her and he's like struggling to carry her into the front door <laughs> he gets her into the front door and then we see a still shot of him staying there as he looks like he's getting ready to collapse and there's a font on the screen saying Merc Griffin hasn't turned himself in and still at large blah 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 and then the outro credits start to roll and the movie's over and I gotta say this movie was a lot of fun uh, I've, this first time I've ever seen it gotta say and the concept behind it and just the comedy the comedy is the kind of style that I like I enjoy this this 80s style comedy movie and I appreciate this a lot and I'm totally glad I watched this I'll try and do a piece of artwork based off of it but I'm not sure if I'll get around to it this week but we'll see we'll see what I can do uh, on the rotten scale though, of 10 I'm giving this one 8.5 because I enjoy this one a lot hopefully you guys will find a copy of it somewhere you can rent it for, for like five bucks on uh, YouTube so if you guys want to do that or not you can rent it on Amazon as well but you can definitely just rent it on YouTube it would be fine that way so it brings us to that point in time in the podcast where we go pick what we're going to be watching next week um this is another movie from the 80s that I used to watch with my parents all the time um 
it's a it's a film series so i think there's probably like seven or eight movies on it to be honest with you but we are watching the first one if you guys want me to review the other ones let me know down in the comments below but we're gonna watch the original police academy because i'm really looking forward to this maybe if we ever get around to doing these short episodes maybe we'll even cover the cartoon series because i only watched that once and i don't really remember that well but we're gonna watch the 1984 original comedy classic police academy and i'm really looking forward to this one so hopefully you guys will check it out as well and as always thank you guys for making it this far if you did you guys are true legends and i appreciate the support and everything that you guys do for me and as always please please do check out the outro band the links will be down below trauma based horror band blood opera they got a new album coming out soon this is their newest song that i've been playing on repeat on all these episodes for the most part so definitely i'll be playing more songs once the new album comes out and just definitely you know go check out all the links down below you can find them on instagram soundcloud youtube spotify facebook anywhere and everywhere check out the etsy shop as well too they got some pretty cool stuff and as always check out my links down below as well find me on all social media accounts at type design but that main thing that we've been posting and promoting on and pushing the most is the youtube channel go check that out we got the weekly game video coming out every wednesday four episodes of podcast we got some live streams over there as well definitely go check it once we hit that thousand subs we're going to be giving away some free artwork so definitely go share that as well until next time i'll talk to you guys all later peace going to all saints day the night of the dead begins then and if the portals of hell don't get shut before no dead body will ever be able to rest in peace again and so the dead will rise up and take over the earth and you must you've got to get to dunwich you must reclose those gates